Aloha, Penn Nation. What's up, guys? You're now tuned in to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. We've got a couple of great guests this evening. Big mahalo to everybody for joining us each and every week. When it comes to MMA news, guys, BJPenn.com, we have got you covered. Make sure you bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. All of our guys are hard at work each and every day to bring you guys the most reliable information, all the breaking news, a ton of exclusive content, including what you hear on this show, and a whole lot more. Everything you crave from the sport you love of mixed martial arts, BJPenn.com, we have got you covered. Now, as for tonight's guests, first up, coming off of a huge win at UFC Boise over the weekend against Darren Elkins, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky returns to the show to recap the victory, talk about the injury he sustained going into the fight and how much of a hindrance that was on his performance, and we're also going to talk about the Chad Mendez call-out after the fight. Then our second guest, closing things out, another repeat offender at BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. He's got a big fight coming up against Justin Gaethje at UFC Lincoln in Nebraska, UFC Fight Night 135. Of course, I'm talking about the Texecutioner, James Vick. Now, ever since the fight was announced, James and Justin have gone back and forth on social media, taken plenty of jabs at each other in interviews. This one is no different. However, James is going to tell us where the beef originated from, and you might be surprised to hear how long these guys haven't liked each other. So we'll discuss the matchup, how James thinks the fight's going to play out, his prediction for the fight, of course. We'll also be talking about... And we'll also discuss the importance of this fight in regards to where James stands in the rankings and the opportunities that he could get following a big win in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, another short and sweet one for you. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Kicking things off tonight, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show. Finally, ranked in the top 15 in the UFC's featherweight division and coming off a dominant victory at UFC Boise over the weekend. Of course, I'm talking about Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Thanks, as always, for joining us today. Alex, uh, how was the flight back down under, man? It must have been a long one. Yeah, it was a pretty long one, but, you know, it's always uh, good to, to have actually be able to eat the airplane food and come home with the victory, so it wasn't too bad. But, yeah, it was a decent, decent flight, for sure. Right. Now, uh, very impressive win, man. Uh, you said on the show leading up to the fight that you were going in there to dominate this matchup, and you did just that. How happy are you with your performance? Um, well, I'm happy with the win, especially with, you know, like, with what what sort of happened, I think uh, you know I could have definitely done done better if uh, you know obviously you probably heard about the the rib injury and stuff like that. So it was you know just that was playing on my mind all the time. So I definitely could have uh, performed a lot better. But you know with with them circumstances, you know very happy to to get the win. You know I remember during the week when my rib was busted, I remember sitting there thinking if I do this, it's going to be incredible, and uh, we did it. Yeah, for sure, man. Obviously, uh, fighting with a broken rib, that, that only adds uh, 
adds a lot to you going out there and, and being able to do what you did. But it, it's crazy to think that you put on a show like that with a broken rib. Uh, when did that break uh, happen exactly? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a broken rib. I think it was a weird, I still need to get that checked out, actually. Uh, I've uh, got to go to the doctors, get x-rays, and do like a rib series on it. But we're pretty sure it's in the costal muscles that are tall. Um, they're like a, like, you know, I don't know if it's the cartilages, the muscles in between the ribs and all that. So they blew out. And, um, yeah, it was, it was it was painful anyway, put it that way. So Wednesday night, the Wednesday night before, it happened. And, um, mate, I couldn't even get out of bed. You know, I couldn't barely breathe. I was so short-breathed. You know, so I was, uh, you know, I was worrying for a bit that I wouldn't be able to fight. I was thinking, there's no way I could fight the way I was. But, you know, I just was told that, you know, the adrenaline rush does, you know, wonderful things. You're just going to have to take it on sort of thing, you know, suck it up. You know, I didn't leave my family for five five weeks just to pull out from the fight. So, you know, I, I sort of had to fight. I was always going to fight. Um, and I went in there and, and done what I had to do. Now, it sounds to me like you were pretty much incapacitated. I know after after the fight you said you couldn't do any uh, grappling or wrestling, but, I mean, how much of a hindrance was this on your training? It sounds to me like you couldn't do anything. Oh, no, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I literally did not train after that happened, even uh, warming up before the fight, like uh, in the change rooms. Like, I literally couldn't throw the right hand. Uh, couldn't do no wrestling. I done like I was on the ground doing some things, things that I could do, but I literally couldn't. Literally couldn't uh, twist uh, too much, and like literally, I could not throw the right hand because that's how much it, it was hurting. So, and the doctor told me, goes, look, you know, you sort of don't want to do much. Do what you can to get warm, but you know, you don't want to twist. You don't want to do no wrestling type thing because you're going to feel it, feel the pain, and it's just going to play in your mind. Wait till you're in there, till you're, you know, you're really warm and and got the adrenaline rush going, and you know, then you can uh, do it do what you want and then worry about the pain after the fight right but, right uh, so that's sort of yeah so that's sort of what we went with you know i just done whatever i could just warming up backstage i just threw a lot of jabs and a lot of left kicks and that's all i could really do <laughs> wow man it's tremendous to think that you know watching you compete i don't think anybody had any idea uh that you had any type of injury but i'm wondering was the ufc aware of this aware of this injury and you know i i kind of feel like maybe they wouldn't let you compete if they if they were aware um, the doctors were aware, like, uh, we had to talk to the doctor, because we wanted to get a cortisone shot if we could, like, you know, we told that that would, uh, you know, help master the pain a lot, but, um, it was too close to the fight, and they said that, you know, there's a chance I'll pull you from the fight, and things like this, because you have to go through the commission, and I was just like, well, nah, let's just not tell him. So, um, the UFC doctor knew, but, um, just, you know what I mean, it's just more of a, a pain barrier thing that you would have to overcome. Right. But, yeah, like I said, a, a, what's it called? A shot would have, um, cortisone shot definitely would have, would have helped a lot, but, you know, what do we do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess I'm thinking that if it was a broken rib, they probably wouldn't let you compete. But like you're saying with the cartilage, that probably is a different scenario. Uh, what are you looking at for a recovery exactly time? Right. Um, I'm not sure. Again, I, I need to get it checked out. Um, I'm actually booked in today to, to see the doctor get a referral for an x-ray. And then I'll just, you know, I've talked to people. Some people say, like, you know, they didn't hit the mat for, like, a month and and things like that. But that's probably more just because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be things I can do. But, um, you know, obviously I want to look after it as well. But I definitely don't want to lose fitness. So, yeah, I'll, I'll work around it. 
Now, getting back to the fight itself, uh, you knew going in that Darren was a very tough guy, tough as they come, and uh, you said post-fight that you were surprised that you weren't able to finish him. Obviously, with the injury and, you know, aside from his durability, uh, did Darren do anything in there that, that also came as a surprise to you? Um, Not really. Not really. Like I said, uh, everything that uh, all the problems or, you know, watching back the, the tapes and even me knowing in there, like, it was just things that, I could have done differently if I wasn't injured, to be completely honest with you. Not that it was hurting me. It was just the fact that, you know, there was, there was times in situations where I was worried about him even kneeing my, um, me in that spot, because you could imagine if I get kneed in, in that rib, like, I don't think I could continue the fight. So I was like, had that plan on my mind. I remember a couple of times like, I'll have him hurt. And like, even when I dropped him and stuff like that, I was worried about jamming my hips. Usually I jam my hips in and ground a pound, you know, that's my thing. But, I was worried about running into his knees and all this, so I sort of would, I don't know, like folded my body, and then that's when he would go for a takedown, and that's when I would just wrap up the neck because it was there. You know what I mean? It was just really, really awkward for me. If I didn't have that plane on my mind, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not making excuses, but I definitely reckon I would have finished in that first round. Now, uh, you know, talking about uh, taking body shots, I mean, it's just dawning on me that, uh, you know, remembering the fight, he threw a fair amount of body kicks. Was that on the opposite side of the injury, or yeah. was that the injured side? Yeah, the wrong, the wrong side, the wrong side. So I didn't mind. I had that elbow up high. Maybe, maybe that could have been a good strategy just to keep him <laughs> on the other side, <laughs> keep my, my right elbow up so he could kick that. I don't know. That was another little uh, thing that you know I, I definitely uh, wasn't happy with. Like he landed that kick too many times, even though it didn't hurt. But just you know, it's something that you know you won't see see happen again anyway. So I still learned a lot from this fight. Um, to be honest, just the composure that I was able to keep, even though it like, sort of messed with my performance, just knowing that I can be so clear-headed in there was you know, pretty incredible for me. So you know, I think it, that's going to really, really play in my next couple of fights. Yeah, I know every fight is a learning experience, and, and I know uh, after talking to you all these times, you seem to be quite the perfectionist when it comes to this. You're very critical of your own performance, but uh, for me, I, I was kind of surprised, and again, no knock on you at all here, but uh, I was kind of surprised you were such a betting favorite going in, you know, purely based on Darren's previous opponents and him being ranked, uh, but I guess the odds makers were smart enough to realize that you were a terrible matchup for him. Yeah, well, you know, that's what I was telling people, you so, you know, if I knew that uh, I'm going to come out and you know get him hurt pretty early, but you know, there's always a chance of people gassing against uh, against Elkins, and uh, you know people just know that I'm, that I'm fit. You know that's that's one thing that I that's like I said to people before the fight. I've got all the tools that he has, plus so many more. You know what I mean? He's tough and he's you know really fit and all that sort of stuff. But I have them tools. You know, I'm one of the best grinders in there if I really want to be. And then I've I've got my stand up striking. Knockout power, ground and pound, grappling. I've got so many tools. That's why, I, you know, and I think, you know, the world's starting to realize that I'm a big threat to this division. Absolutely. Absolutely. You set the tone early in the fight, as you mentioned. You know, you, you went out there strong and, and, and looked for that finish early. Almost had him finish in the first. The second was all yours, but a bit more competitive. And the, in the third, it looked like you, you really unloaded the gas tank and, and really hunted for that stoppage. Does that sound accurate to you? Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. That second round, um, I don't know, it was a, yeah, like I definitely pulled the, the pedal off a little bit, maybe because I knew that, all right, he's tough. Um, things, you know, I, I, can't, I can't gas maybe, I, I don't know what it was. But, um, you know, and then I, I come back to the corner after that round and the, the coach going, look, that was a bit closer. You need to start picking it up again. Like, you know, like, you know, why'd you 
take the, the pedal off the, the gas so much sort of thing. And uh, so I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. And I've seen him even come, uh, I've seen him even come out um, after the second round. I was talking to his corner, like I had my eye on him, and he's like, oh, you know, this is what I love. This is, this is you know, saying pretty much this is where I come. Like he's ready to ready to take this last round, round out, you know. So I was like, uh-uh. No way, I've got way more than one more round to be, mate. Don't worry about that. So I was like, oh, I'm going to put it to you straight away. So then I just come out and just stuck that jab straight in his face. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm here to stay, mate. And uh, yeah, look, credit to him. You know, he's, he's an absolute beast, you know, legend. And you know, like, like I told people, he didn't even need to take that fight. So, you know, I really uh, respect him for that. Um, you know, it was a bad matchup. And, he's, and I wasn't even ranked and he still took it, so... Credit to him, but you know, again, I was telling people that it was a big mistake on his on his behalf, and, and it definitely was. Yeah, I know. Leading up to this, you and I were talking about how uh, how cool it was of him, and you know, hats off to him for taking the fight. A lot of guys wouldn't have, and you know, he gave you that opportunity. But I'm wondering, have you had a chance to watch the fight? Yes, I did. I watched a couple, watched it a couple of times just to you know have have a good look. Like I said, you know, you could see. Like I remember thinking things like while I was fighting, like, you know, obviously, um, and I could actually see it as well. There was times where you would even see me stall in the transitions where I'd usually, you know, clinch up and things I was worried about the knees or, I don't know, it was just awkward. Even when I had him on the ground, I, I didn't want to jam my hips in like I usually do because I was worried, you know, it's just little things like that. It was uh, pretty noticeable for me to watch, knowing how, you know, how I felt in there. Well, I'll tell you what, man, again, for anybody watching at home ha- had no idea uh, but the reason I ask if you've watched the fight, it seemed like in between rounds, he was he was still pretty wobbled from that first round, all the damage he took in the first. Uh, you know, when you watch the fight over, you know, seeing him in his corner, do you think maybe there was a possibility that they could have stopped the fight at any point? Um, well, the, the ref had a good close eye, yeah. Well, like you said, I watched, uh, I watched it, and you could see him. He was like telling the corner, don't help him. You've got you to let him do it yourself, because if you help him, you know, we're going to stop the fight. That's sort of what he was implying. But, you know, he come back to it, but yeah, he definitely was hurt. Yeah. He's just, you know, like you said, he's just got that bad chin. But I still reckon, uh, you know, if I had that fight, I still, you know, I did that fight again, I reckon I easily would be able to finish him. But just, you know, what do you do? Right, Maybe right. I'm putting this late, maybe the ref would have to stop it, but, <laughs> you know, I definitely could have done things a bit better. Uh, do you regret looking for that guillotine when you had him hurt in the first? You know, I, I feel like you were a few clean shots uh, away from stopping him at that point. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely regret that. Like I said, it was just just awkward. I had too many things. You got to remember, even the phone, the right hand was uh, something that I had to like you know, pick and choose when I was going to do it. You know, I really, really wanted, it, even though you know the adrenaline rush would have been going hard, you know, while he was hurt. But again, like I said, I don't know. It was weird. You'd go for that takedown and. Because I was like trying to, I don't know, it was really awkward. Like I can't explain it. Yeah. And his neck was just there, so I'd wrap it up and then be like, oh, you know, well, why don't I do that again? Sort of thing. But I just didn't want to jam my hips. Usually I'd sprawl, sprawl into him, jam his head to the ground, come around the side, and then just ground it down. And you know, that's what I do. But again, it's just you know, I'm not making excuses, but you know, you can see I don't usually do that. That's just uh, no, no, no. Of course, of course. And, and and considering that you had the injury, obviously there's a lot going on in your mind to to throw you off your game. On top of being hurt as well, but you know, regardless, man, to win impressively like you did with the injury over a tough guy like Darren, you, my friend, have certainly earned the spot in the rankings that you now have. Uh, looking ahead now, you wasted no time on the microphone to call out Chad Mendez. Uh, he got the win that night as well. Uh, what did you think of his return to action? Yeah, yeah, look good. 
good. Uh, Drury was looking good early as well. I thought uh, Drury was doing well with uh, keeping him at bay and all that, making uh, you know, Chad really pick and choose when he was going to come in. And he just, uh, yeah, time time that shot good. You know, we come in, run, uh, boost the gap with that hook and dropped him. You know, I was surprised that, you know, I thought uh, Drury, I didn't think Drury was that hurt, like, but he was just, yeah, didn't, didn't want to protect himself properly and the ref had to go in and stop it. But, yeah, you know, that's a great, great fight for me. Like, obviously, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a good fighter. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's going to be a great fight. But, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of eyes are on Chad Mendes. Everyone knows who he is. And, you know, we both scored him the same night. I just thought it was a clever, a clever thing for me to do, call, call him, call him out. And like I, like I was saying after the fight, you know what I mean? He got, I knew he was going to get ranked as well, even though he, you know, he got suspended for a bloody reason. But as one fight against someone that's ranked, you know, lower than what Darren Elkins is, and that puts him right back up there. But, you know, what do you do? That's just how these things are, I guess. But yeah. I knew it was going to happen. That's why I called him out. And again, you know, no, no, no disrespect, but he got caught doing something and that shit pisses me off. So yeah, I want to take his head off. Yeah, you know that was that was going to be my next question. Uh, you and I have talked about it quite a bit. You don't like the cheaters. You you don't like the bad guys in the sport. I'm wondering, uh, you know, was his failed test? Uh, did, did did that contribute to the call out at all? Yeah, yeah, it did. So like, obviously, he's, like, he looks like he's a pretty nice dude. To be honest with you, pretty chill, chill out, pretty guy. But uh, guy, but yeah, that stuff again. Like, like I said, that stuff pisses me off. I don't know the full story, you know, I'm sure people are going to make excuses for him like they do with everyone else, but at the end of the day, you know, he probably always was using, so, you know, again, that pisses me off and I want to take him out, showing my real real man strength to life. There was a lot of talk online that he looked deflated a bit in in this return. Did did it seem that way to you? Um, I don't know, I didn't didn't pay too much attention to that sort of stuff, maybe I'll Go uh, Google some before and after shots. We'll see. <laughs> but, you know, I, I didn't pay attention. I heard a few people saying a few things, but yeah, like, I'm not. I don't care. Even if he looks exactly the same as he as he did, it doesn't mean that he, he wasn't on it. So, right, right. You know, right. I'm not. I don't really care. Like, I'm a. I think there's a. Yeah, I'm not going to get too much into that. But again, pisses me off. I take his head off. Obviously, it's very early, but uh, I'm wondering, is the UFC or anyone shown interest in, in booking the fight? And did you run into chat at all after the event? No, nah, I didn't run into it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I get. Well, my manager's going to definitely uh, push this. So I'm going to keep, you know, keep calling him on it. You know, he's a, he said that he'll take the fight if the ranking if I was ranked high enough and whatnot. Uh, whether, again, that should mean anything because yeah, he's coming off a suspension anyway, but... You know, what do you do? But, uh, yeah, we'll see. There's definitely the feelers are out there anyway. A lot of people want to see this fight now. And I'm just going to, I'm going to just keep, uh, keep poking at it. Yeah, that's all you can do, man. Uh, you had mentioned the card in Adelaide in December. Uh, plenty of time for you to heal up and get ready for the next fight. However, based on the last time we spoke, I was kind of under the impression that you wanted to compete in the UFs and, and get more exposure here. I'm guessing you just can't pass up an opportunity to be competing at home, right? Yeah, man, I'll do both. I'll fight uh, in in Oz every time man, and uh, in the US. Mate, I'll tell you what, getting uh, hit with that uh, tax straight off uh, my, my paycheck uh, hurt me, so it almost broke me off like But, uh, what do you do? Okay, it was that, uh, but I mean, you know, it's obviously a lot more expensive. You know, you've got to fly one of your tournaments over there and yourself and, and things like that. But, um, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to fight over there in front of a. Uh, 
American fans and, and grab, grab, grab some of their, their supporters. So I think I did that. A lot of eyes on me at the moment, and I just need to run with it. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. The the tax man alone is plenty reason enough for me to 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 agree with you 100. percent I'd fight in Australia every time as well. <laughs> so if you can't get Chad, who else comes to mind for you? You've got plenty of guys to choose from in the top ten now. Yeah, exactly. Any of them, you know. Again, any of them in front of me, I was like that fight. I think I deserve to fight people in front because it's not like you know I'm on a five fight win streak. You know, I'm undefeated in the UFC. So, uh, yeah, keep moving me forward. So, whoever, whoever whoever they want, I will fight. But, uh, again, Chad Mendez is something that we're going to push for now. Uh, we'll see if he, what happens. So, ideally, in an ideal situation, you get the Mendez fight in Adelaide in December. You go into 2019 with a lot of steam. Win one or two more. We could realistically see you fighting for the title by next summer. Oh, mate, easy. Yeah, that's what I mean. This that part would be absolutely huge for me, Chad Mendes. So you take him out, you know, you're you're right up there. You're right up there. You know, then people are already talking about the title contention. Then you have one fight, you're there. So uh, you know, it could be it could be mid yet next year, and next minute, everyone's thrown me in the in the title contention. For sure, man. For sure, it's been awesome to watch you climb these ranks, and and I certainly look forward to the next fight and you continuing this journey towards the title. Uh, greatly appreciate the time today. In conclusion, in conclusion, Alex, feel free to encourage Chad to take the fight and tell all the fans out there what they can expect from Alexander the Great going forward. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, again, the support. A lot of people have been uh, retweeting and, and saying they want to see that fight. So yeah, keep get it out there. Let's make it happen. I'll fight over there in America if, if that needs to happen. But yeah, let's uh, let's keep pushing that. And yeah, thanks again for the support. Thanks for having me on the show. And if you wanted to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Alex Volkanovsky. Any uh, shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Yeah, big shout-out to um, yeah, my major sponsors, uh, Southern Cross Industries and uh, Unibet and Muscle Mills. All right, Alex. Again, a pleasure to speak with you as, as always, my friend. Congrats on the big win. I know we'll catch up again soon. Enjoy the victory tour back home down under, my friend. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one, bud. Listen, Penn Nation, I hope you all agree that with separated cartilage in your rib, you and I most likely would not go out and get into a fist fight in a steel cage. However, we are not Alexander Volkanovsky. Big props to him on having a spectacular performance that nobody could really tell. He was injured when you were watching at home. Looking forward to his next fight, all the opportunities that await him. He's been a good friend of this show. Great fighter, great guy, ton of respect for him. And now he's finally broken into the rankings. But let's keep it rolling like a jujitsu mat. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, another guy broken into the rankings, looking to climb those rankings, coming up here at August 25th in Lincoln, Nebraska. Good friend of BJPenn.com radio, the Texas executioner, James Vick. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the number 11th ranked lightweight in the UFC and arguably one of the toughest matchups for anybody at 155 pounds. Good friend of BJPenn.com, the tech executioner himself, James Vick. What's going on, James? How are you making out in this heat wave, brother? I'm good, man. I'm living the dream. I'm doing great. 
Very good, very good. I've seen you've been doing a lot of hunting this summer, helping to thin out the wild boar population, right? Yes, sir. Um, when I got this new fight scheduled, I went home for a couple weeks, so I went hunting quite a bit in the last, you know, two and a half weeks that I was home. Um, and then I had my, one of my best nights ever. I got uh, 12, 12 pigs in one night. Holy shit. That's my new record. Wow, man. How does that work in regards to, like, like are you keeping them? You, you don't eat them, right? You just kind of dispose of them? No, I do eat them. Yeah, I, I, I do eat them. Um, uh, I give a lot of the meat away also, actually. I, I, I skin the majority of the ones I shoot. You know, I, I mean, obviously they're a nuisance uh, anyway. And there's no limit. There's no season for wild hogs. And um, uh, I actually do clean them, the majority of them. And I... Uh, I have a meat grinder. I grind the meat up, and I cook it that way, and then I cook it in the crock pot, and then sometimes I'll fry it as well. So I do eat a lot of it, and I, I give a lot away um, to my you know, my family, and also a lot of the people at the gyms I train at. I have about, you know, five different gyms in Texas that I train at, and a lot of people, you know, like organic wild meat, so that's why I hook a lot of my teammates up. Wow, that's awesome, man. And again, I know it's like a, a huge deal, especially down south. You know, it's a very invasive species, so uh, while a lot of people hate hunting, man, I think you're doing the right thing in, in, in terms of conservation. Uh, but before we jump into things, I, I just wanted to ask how the father life is, man. How's uh, James Jr. doing? He's doing great, man. It's, it's, it's great. It's really um, uh, a blessing. Um, he's, a, he's happy, he's healthy, and um, he's growing really fast. And, you know, I, I love being a dad. It's, it's, it's a great job so far. You must be uh, looking looking at life through a new set of eyes now. You've got a lot much more uh, on the line when it comes to fighting, right? I mean, with, with fighting, to me, it's not really like, I guess having a kid, it's not more motivation necessarily because, you know, I'm always motivated in my goal. I, I try to separate the two goals, you know, being a great father. Obviously, you want to win because for financial reasons, you know, you know when, right. when you're still getting show and win money, you know, it's, it's always, you know, encouraging to win because first of all, you know, you get double the money, you know, for the win. So of course, financially that, that helps, you know, with the family situation drastically, but also, you know, I do want, you know, my, my, my son to grow up and, you know, see me as a fighter and see me being a winner and, you know, see me working hard. So, I mean, I, I it's a little extra motivation, but really I just try to keep the two goals separate. Like if, even if I don't have a kid or I do, you know, my goal is still to be a world champion regardless. Absolutely, absolutely. So speaking of becoming a world champion, we've got another step ahead of you coming up on uh, August 25th, UFC Fight Night 135 in Lincoln, Nebraska. How has camp been so far? It's good, it's good. I am uh, uh, went home for a little bit and trained there, and now I'm back here uh, in Maryland training here until my, until my fight um, is good. I'm healthy. Um, just basically did two camps back-to-back, um, but I feel, you know, I, I, I toned it down a little bit once I got the call of Swit of, of the opponents and the date change and everything, toned it down a little bit and then picked it back up and uh, you know I'm good to go. I can fire five rounds right now. Now, the, talk to me about you know having the the opponent change, the fight being pushed back. You said you just went through two camps there. I mean, it, has it been beneficial for you? Do you think it's a bit of a hindrance to have to put your body through that through two camps and like you said, kind of tone it down for this one? I mean, it's always that's always a, you know a two-edged sword as far as overtraining or or being in being in good enough shape because this is my first five-round fight and everything. But I feel like it's 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 helped. I mean, in my in, in my life, really, 
around. Um, I train twice a day year round unless I'm injured or something anyway. Now, when I have, when I do have a, a camp or a fight coming up, I do pick up the pace a little more and I'll train maybe, you know, an extra hour, hour and a half a day more than what I would before. Um, but I'm always training year round twice a day, no matter what. Okay. Now, as you mentioned, uh, with the with the fight being changed, you were initially scheduled to fight Paul Felder at UFC Boise this past weekend. Then Ally Quinta pulled out of the fight with Justin Gaethje. You quickly became the replacement. Uh, walk us through how that went down, and I'm sure taking a fight against a higher ranked guy was was a no brainer for you, right? Oh, for sure. Um, they actually called me on a Wednesday night. It was about 11 p.m. when I talked to Sean Shelby, and. He asked me if I want to take the fight, and, and I said, yeah. Well, here's the problem. He's like, you have to go promote the thing in, in Nebraska in the morning. So, so I had to take the first flight out. So um, I knew by about 1 a.m. that I was for sure getting the fight, and then I was headed to the airport at 4 a.m. to go promote the event. And I just took it, you know, of course, you know, you get offered me an event, I'm not going to turn it down. Holy shit, that, that transpired quickly, huh? You take the fight, and then you're already on a plane to go promote it. Yeah, for sure, because I, I guess they already had the, the promotion dates already set, and I uh, the dates were already set for the promotional stuff, so I, I took the fight um, uh, immediately when they asked, and they, you know, they, they couldn't really change the promotion date, so I had, to, I had to fly straight out and get on a plane and promote it. I know we've talked about this before, but it seems to me like this was another instance of you kind of scratching the UFC's back, hopefully, you know, sometime down the line, or maybe after this fight. Uh, you know that 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 comes back towards you from the company, right? Yeah, I mean that's the plan. Um, uh, I mean right now, you know, um, I'm just I'm just focused on winning a main event. You know, once I, I feel like um, once I win this main event, it's going to be one of many main events for me. This is going to change my life, and um, publicity wise, career wise, and um, I feel like from here it's nothing but. But you know, after I win this fight, I'm one. I'm one. I could be one more fight away from a world title potentially. And which I think, in my mind, I'm ready right now. So um, I get this fight in one more. I could be fighting for world titles. So so I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to just just go as fast as possible to you know straight to the top. I mean, I've I've, I've put in my dues. I've been here too many too long and too many years. You know, and the time is now. Yeah, man. You know that kind of segues into my next question perfectly. You've said on this show many many times that all the top ten guys keep ducking you. Uh, it's been very hard for you to get fights to climb those rankings and get towards that title. Uh, now you're fighting a guy with a pretty big following. He's ranked number seven, as I mentioned. This is an opportunity that you've been waiting for, man. You must be very, very happy to finally get a matchup like this. For, for sure. Um, I felt like um, I, I got uh, I got forced on him. I, uh, he wouldn't have just took this fight without, without um, you know, in my opinion, why didn't I get the fight to begin with? You know, why, why did Alec Quinta get it over me? You know, that's, you know, whatever. You know, whatever's done is done, but... Now the guy basically has been been forced to, to fight me, so um, it's good because me and him, me and this guy have a little history together anyway. And um, like I said, my goal—it's not even a him thing. If he was ranked below me, I wouldn't even want to fight him. I I have no interest in fighting anyone ranked ab- uh, below me at this point. Uh, when I win this fight, I'm going to be ten and one in the UFC. There's only two guys in my whole division that have a better record than me, and that's Khabib and Tony Ferguson. I shouldn't have to fight any- with a ten and one record in the UFC. I shouldn't have to fight anybody ranked below me, uh, especially after I win this fight. No, I, I would agree with you 100%, man. And as we've talked about many times, you know, I, I think that this is long overdue for you, this kind of opportunity. Uh, but you mentioned that you have a history with Justin. 
you guys immediately went back and forth on social media. You know, he said you're a rangy point fighter, etc. You went back at him. How did all this bad blood start in your opinion? And do you genuinely dislike the guy? Well, basically, it was just, um, it was uh, his UFC debut on International Fight Week. You know, the dude gets, he beats Michael Johnson. He gets in the ring and he's like, you know, starts, you know, popping off on the mic saying, who's my equal? You know, I'm waiting for my equal. Who's my equal? Well, of course, you know, any any top guy that's interested in taking the fight, he's gonna, you know, has a set of balls, is going to say something. So I get on, you know, I go, I walk right down, I'm cage side. When it happened, I walked right down to Sean Shelby. I said, I want the fight. And of course, I didn't get it until just now, but I said, I want that fight. And then, um, uh, and then uh, I get on social media and I get on my Twitter and I was like, yeah, I'll knock his ass out. You know, I started talking some shit. And then from there, he saw it, and then he went back and forth with me, and then he he, he waited a little bit of time, then he talked some more shit, and then we, we've been going back and forth, and then he brought my name up in some interview. So we, we've been going back and forth for about about uh, about a year now. So it sounds to me, I know you said that you don't think he would uh, he would have would have taken the fight if it was offered to him, but it sounds to me like you've been on his radar for a while now. I mean, apparently him talking talking a little shit, but he also you know. Um, didn't like in that interview he's like well i could you know i'm just happy for this opportunity he was, he was talking about when he fought poor year he's like you know i could be fighting some guy like james vick acting like the whole time he's acting like i'm not worthy to fight him and it, this guy's one and two in the ufc and i'm nine and one in the ufc and he's acting like i'm not worthy to fight him it's, it's a joke right right now i'm sure all the things that he said that this beat you this beef you guys have going on this might this probably makes uh training a little more fun for you and then a little extra motivation to go out there and get the job done on August 25th. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, like I said, I'm, my goal is always to be a winner. It wouldn't matter if I have a problem with this guy or I don't have a problem with this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to win. I mean, it's going to be more fun touching his face. That's for sure. Um, but either way, I, you know, whether I'd like to do or didn't, um, you know, I'm going to win August 25th. He's screwed. I'm going to knock his ass out. And that's my plan, whether I hate him or I don't, you know, or I don't, uh, if I like him or I don't like him, but it will be a little more fun to, you know, to, to, to get the knockout for sure. Now he said he'll retire if you outclass him. What's your response to that? Yeah, he's just talking shit. Um, uh, he, he said that and then Eric Hawaii's like, so, so, so you said you're going to retire if, um, if you get beat and he's like, no, if I get outclassed, well, he's going to get outclassed. I mean, I'm fully uh, expecting that I'm going to have to take a few leg kicks and, I, and I'm fully aware that he could, he's willing to take three or four punches in his face just to land one. So I'm sure that I'm going to take a, a few leg kicks, but I can condition my leg to take a kick. He can't condition his chin to take a punch. And the dude's been, been knocked out two fights in a room now and he's been wobbled in 10 of his fights. Um, so, you know, he, we're not, we're not making it five rounds and, and he will get out classed. Um, my skill set's way higher than his. The only thing he has is a, is a good chin and a low kick. And, um, you know, his chin's fading drastically, especially the last couple fights. So, you know, um, we'll, we'll see how his chin holds up. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that he doesn't have many fights left in him as it is given his style. And, uh, you know, you've said he's been exposed in the UFC, what kind of a matchup are you anticipating? Are you know are you down to go out there and slug it out with him, or is this going to be a technical fight for you? I mean, well, here's the thing: is I, I'm not delusional. I'm going to have to slug it out somewhat because, like I said, he's not going to. I'm not going to land a few shots, and he's going to stand out there. He's going to come in, so he will. He'll take five. He'll literally take five punches in his face just to land one leg kick. 
or for him to land a punch or overhand or left hook or whatever. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to fight. You know, I'm going to sit there and we're going to be throwing down somewhat because he's not going to, you know, he's going to force that. So that, and that's fine with me because I can, any, anytime I can bite down on my mouthpiece and throw just like he can. You know, he ain't the only motherfucker in the world that, that, that's tough and, and, and can bite down and, and, and show heart and everything. I just don't have to fight like that, and I don't have to take beatings. Now, with his style, he's going to come forward like that, so he's, it's going to be a lot of a lot of contact at first. He's going to come off right off the bat swinging. So, yeah, we, we probably will be colliding right off the bat. And then, um, you know, he's going to get caught with something big and go to sleep. Now, he, he's talked about possibly changing up his his strategy a little bit, maybe going back to the wrestling. A lot of people have said they'd like to see him go back to his wrestling. Are you expecting the usual Justin Gaethje game plan from him or maybe uh, you know him to be a little bit more reserved and not go looking for a brawl like he always does? I, I, I just don't. I mean, if he tries to wrestle me, I don't understand what he's going to get out of it. Um, uh, he, he has no gas tank. Every time he wrestles, he gasses. He's openly said that. I, that's not in my words. That's his. He's publicly said that. Also, he has no submission threats. He has no ground and pound threats. If he got me down, I would be up in five or ten seconds, and he would land no damage on me. So he can't even pass my guard. So I mean, I, I don't think that he might try it. But once I once if he did get me down, once I got up immediately, he he did he abandoned that game plan immediately. Because he's not going to, like, what's the point of him shooting on me three or four times in one round and gassing himself out when he can't do anything to me on the ground? He has no fucking threats. You know what I'm saying? He might get, he might get caught and submitted anyway. And if not, I'll just get to my feet. And can't, can't nobody and hasn't nobody helped me down in my whole, my whole fighting career. So I'll get up or I'll catch his neck or I'll knock him out. But he, he I really don't see his ground game as a threat at all. Right. Like, I don't see, there's, I don't think there's absolutely anything he can do to me on the ground. Now, no matter how it goes down, I, it's hard to imagine that this fight isn't exciting. I mean, I mean, you've at least got to give Justin credit that that you know all of his fights have been pretty exciting in the UFC, right? Oh, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, and I've said this before. I, I I've watched Justin Gaethje fights. I'm not a fan of of watching his fights. I've watched every. I watched him when he was in World Series of Fighting. I, you know, I watch fights all the time. That's all I do is watch fighting. So I've, I've seen him fight multiple times. You know, tons of times. And I'm, I, you know, I'm a fan of watching a fight. He brings it. It's exciting. I, I understand why why he is a fan favorite and why why he's um. Uh, He's getting headliners in the UFC. I, I agree. I'm, I never once said that he shouldn't headline events in the UFC. He should. The only thing I said is he shouldn't be ranked. He's one and two in the UFC. He should not be ranked in the top ten or top fifteen for that matter. But should he be headlining events? Yeah, he, he brings the, the he's the most exciting fighter on every card that he fights on. He yeah he deserves to be a main event, but he don't deserve to be ranked in my opinion. Right, right, right. Now you mentioned uh, you're ready to go five rounds, but. Uh, you know, do, do you must feel like the opportunity to potentially go five rounds, prove that you already are championship ready. I mean, are you, are you, obviously you want to look for the, the early finish here, but if the fight goes five rounds, that only benefits you in the long run, right? Well, yeah. And just for this particular fight, like, um, I, I don't see, I don't see how Justin Gaethje thinks that he can, he, that he, he is, he is in better shape and has better cardio than me. I've never gotten tired in any fight that I've that I've been in, and my my cardio is better than, than everybody's I fight. So I and I throw more volume than everyone I fight. I outland when I win decisions on people, it's because I outstrike them on volume. I, I outland up and I, I throw tons of volume. There's no way that this dude can match me with volume. So I don't understand how he thinks that he's going to break me and gas me out in five rounds. The only thing he's hoping for is to break my legs down. You know, which a strategy and more on me yet. It's not going to. Um, 
I guess it's it's, it's good. Um, you know, it would be good experience to to go the full five rounds. But um, I don't I don't see us going that far because the way his style is basically with the style he has, my leg ain't holding up or his chin ain't holding up because, like I said, he will come in and take all these punches to land his kicks, and um, you know, either my leg ain't holding up for five rounds or his chin ain't. And you know, I'm and I'm betting on my on, on his chin not holding up. Right, right. Uh, now, real quick, off topic here. Uh, you know, the UFC, Dana White, they've talked about changing the weigh-ins. They're going to go back to later weigh-ins. Uh, there's been a lot of mixed reviews on this. People are talking about they'd rather have that big time period to weigh in. A lot of people prefer the mornings. Uh, where do you stand on it? I mean, do you understand it from promotional side like a lot of fighters are talking about? Or would you prefer to have the morning weigh-ins? Uh, what would James Vick prefer? I think, of course, I want the morning weigh-in. I think, I bet, I bet you every, I could be wrong, but I, I bet you every fighter you ask wants the morning weigh-in. Uh, believe it or not, man, a, a lot of fighters have said, obviously, yes, they prefer the morning weigh-ins, but some of them have said, you know, as far as the drama of the weigh-in and guys being drained, they, they kind of like that a little bit better. But, I mean, to me, I think that those people are just kind of looking at it uh, as they're just trying to side with the promotion and, not and you know, not cause any controversy uh, with the UFC. But yeah, man, I think I would agree that the majority of people would say that they prefer the morning weigh-ins. And, and here's another thing, man. In my opinion, the only reason why they went to the, to the early morning weigh-ins is because it made the Leo C look better. Because they didn't, they don't, they, they didn't, they don't televise the, the they televise the fake weigh-ins when everyone's already gained ten or fifteen pounds back. Right. So if if, if that, so in my opinion, that's all. That's the whole reason why they went to the morning weigh-ins to begin with is. To make to, to to make everyone look like they're more more uh, like weight cuts aren't as, as hard as they are, you know. Yeah, definitely, man. And I think that it's crazy considering all that we've learned about with uh, traumatic brain injuries and how big of a deal hydration is in that regard. Like, it's crazy to me that that, that Dana was like, "There is no de- debate on this. It's it's happening. We're going back to the to the afternoon weigh in." I, I was shocked by that. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's the boss, so he's going to do what, what he wants to do. So what can we do except, fight? you know, all we can do is, what we're, what, you know, what we're told, basically. Um, it's definitely, you know, I mean, of course, you know, everyone, like I said, I, I feel like the majority of people want the, majority of people I've talked to want the, want the earlier way in. But it's not going to, to me, it doesn't affect me either way. I mean, I fought most of my career, you know, with without the morning weigh in, so it's not like it's anything new. It's like the I V ban where they banned the IVs. Well I only had I V like twice in my life before that. You know, so when they banned them they it didn't really bother me at all. I just follow what my nutritionist, um, George Lockhart tells me to do and and then everything's worked out so far for me. I always feel good when I you know, when I replenish and do everything he tells me to do. Right, absolutely. George Lockhart, one of the best in the business and uh, that's something too that a lot of people have said. You know, if you're a, if you're a professional in this game, the time that you weigh in isn't really going to matter. Uh, so the same can be said for you, obviously. Uh, but listen, man, you've been more than generous with your time. I know we're running a little bit over here. We'll try to wrap this thing up right now. Um, in summation, it sounds to me like you're confident that a win over Gaethje and then possibly another win after that that could solidify you as the number one contender. For for sure, um, uh, style. When you look at the the way things are lined up and, and how everyone is is um, uh, seated that is above me. You have you'll have Kevin Lee. You'll have um, like right now Pettis is ranked above me, but I don't think Pettis is going to be ranked above me once I beat Gaethje. I think once I beat Gaethje, he's going to be ranked below me. And then you have um, you're going to have Poirier. I think there's, it's only going to put if you put Connor and Khabib in a, in a separate category at the moment. You have you have you 
you'll have me, you'll have Tony Ferguson, you'll have Kevin Lee, and you'll have uh, Poirier and, and, and um, Alvarez. And the winner of that, you know, um, the winner of the Poirier Alvarez, of course, is going to think they deserve a title fight. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But so obviously, I will expect a title shot. But I do think that I, after this, I could potentially win one more fight and be alive for a title for sure. Now, August, that, that leaves a good amount of time for you to fight again. I mean, do you think you could get that second fight done before the end of the year and possibly be challenging for the belt early 2019? Oh, in a perfect world, absolutely. Um, it, it is all about, you know, uh, what type of damage you take. And, but, I mean, I mean, that's a long time. Like you said, August, you know, to, to fight in August and then um, turn around and fight again by the end of the year, that's plenty of time in my mind. You know, I fought four times last year. Uh, if you went from from February of this year to February of last year, it was a total of four fights I did. You know, so I can do that. Total, I can totally do that. So, um, in a perfect world, absolutely. Yeah, I want to. I want to I fight again one more time before the end of the year, for sure. And not to mention, you've you've uh, helped out the UFC here. They kind of owe you one, right? Yeah, yeah. In my in my opinion, I mean, I mean. You know, I guess that's that's their choice and not mine. But in my opinion, of course they do. And you know, we'll see what happens by the end of the year. I have my, I have a couple ideas on some stuff I want to do after this fight on who I want to fight and stuff. I'm not going to say anything until after I win and then call them out on the mic. But uh, right, right. You know, tune in on the twenty fifth because I'm gonna knock Justin Gaethje out and then I'm gonna call somebody out. Ha ha ha! All right, again, man, more than generous with your time. Greatly appreciated. So in conclusion, I know you've predicted a finish. Tell us how you think it comes and tell all the fans out there why they need to tune in August 25th to see this fight. Well, I think that um, he's going to come out hard like he always does. I don't think that that him uh, being pissed at me or you know not liking me or whatever is going to change his style. I mean, he's going to fight how he fights either way. He always comes out hard and aggressive, and I think that it's going to backfire on him. Um, he's going to get caught with something big, and um, he's going he's going to get knocked out probably within two rounds. I bet, bet the under two and a half, two and a half rounds. Bet the under on that one, and um, they, I'm going to knock his. Head. I'm going to. Get him. I plan on fighting again for the end of the year's up. All right, man. I'm certainly looking forward to it. Huge fight for you. Big opportunity. One that you've been looking for for quite some time. I'm very happy for you, my friend. Uh, definitely looking forward to the fight, August 25th. Uh, but before we wrap it up, any shout outs or sponsor plugs you'd like to get in? Um, yeah, I just want to thank, you know, um, I thank all my friends, my family, my teammates, um, uh, you know, uh, my management, KO reps, uh, especially my fight gear, um, just every, everyone who supports me. I appreciate all the, the support and the help and, uh, tune in August 25th cause it's going to be a knockout. <laughs> all right. I love it, man. Again, greatly appreciate the time. Looking forward to the fight. Hopefully we can catch up after a big win. Make sure you don't kill all the boars and save some for everybody else, man. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Man, it's going to be a great fight. James Vick, Justin Gaethje, guaranteed to be fireworks. No love lost between these guys. And the fight has pretty great implications for what happens within the division, the shark tank, that is 155 pounds in the UFC. But that's it for us. Thank you all for tuning in. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. We've got an episode for you each and every week. Make sure you tune in next week. Like, subscribe, share this podcast. 
Make sure you follow BJPenn.com on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date on all the latest and greatest in the sport that you love in mixed martial arts. On behalf of the whole squad, BJPenn.com, big thank you everyone. Mahalo. Have a great night. Peace out.